0: Hello everyone and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts, I'm Katie.
1: And I'm Joe.
0: And we are married and we like making each other watch movies that we like. Joe, what did we watch this week?
1: This week we watched Angels in the Outfield.
0: Oh, that film about geometry playing baseball?
1: Yes. Oh. yes. Angels in the Outfield is what we watched with Joseph Mm Gordon-Levitt and...
0: Christopher Lloyd Christopher
1: Lloyd
0: Matthew McConaughey
1: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Adrian Brody. Yeah. Even a little bit. Yeah. Um and the rest?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Uh so would you like to give a brief sort of overview of what Angels in the Outfield was?
1: Yeah, so Angels in the Outfield we got um what was the the character's name robert
0: robert roger no. roger. Roger? Mm-hmm. roger roger roger
1: roger roger uh, uh,
0: Roger. and then the other little boy was jp
1: yes that's that's correct roger and jp McDaniels, the 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 pro gamer no That's was a reference two people are going to get
0: i was not one of them <laughs> nope
1: and so Roger and JP live in a foster home with with a sweet Irish lady.
0: Named Maggie.
1: Named Maggie, who's been in other movies, too, mm-hmm. as kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, chubby Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: He wasn't chubby, he was a child.
1: <laughs> chubby child Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, wants to go live at home with his daddy. Mm-hmm. But his dad is a... Uh, is, uh, uh, a deadbeat i guess he he's got a motorcycle and he just wants to see the world mm. so mm. he's and uh i would imagine because of that doesn't have very much money and so he says well you're gonna actually stay with uh with 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 miss patty here maggie i know her name's maggie but she's irish
0: Aha! Okay, sorry. It was Dermot Mulroney. That was the dad.
1: Yeah, Dylan McDermott.
0: No, Dermot Mulroney. Okay. Yes. So he says you're going to stay here. He's giving up his parental rights.
1: Mm-hmm. And and he says, but when are we going to be a family again? And he says, when the Angels win the World Series. The pennant. The pennant.
0: There was no World Series that year. Okay.
1: Whatever. When they win the pennant. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was his way of of saying never. <laughs>
0: When pigs fly, kid.
1: Yes, because that team is bad. Yes. Uh, uh, the team managed by I'm too old for this shit. Glover.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Glover. So <laughs> so so Roger says, "Well, heck, I'm a I'm a usurp your power, Dad, and I'm gonna go to the man upstairs, <laughs> and I'm gonna go over your head, and I'm gonna pray straight to God." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so he says, God, please make the Angels win the World Series. The pennant. The pennant.
0: But also I think he says, please let us be a family again. And then I think God is the one who chooses to make that happen through the Angels.
1: Yeah. Well, God works in mysterious ways, I guess. Yeah. Huh? So anyway, he, Roger and and JP go to an Angels game Mm -hmm. and... Roger sees an actual angel, not the baseball player, <laughs> and believe me, there's a joke about that. Yeah, but he he makes or he sees an angel helping Matthew McConaughey
2: mm-hmm.
1: catch a ball, and he says, "Willikers, <laughs> Jesus did it. He he made my dreams come true." And eventually, he, he tries to tell some people about it. Oh, and Christopher Lloyd, who is essentially exposition angel.
0: Yes, he's the head angel.
1: He he floats down and he says, "Marty, oh, wrong movie." He <laughs> says, "Oh, well, you asked for it, and now we're gonna do it because mm-hmm. we got nothing else to do." Uh, and and he he basically lets him know what's going on. Uh, you know, you believed, and so we're gonna help you.
2: Mhm.
1: And. Uh, they form a friendship with, with Danny Glover. The, George Knox. George Knox, the manager of the team. And the Angels help. And then we get to the playoffs. and Or it might not even have been the playoffs. Just like the, just the, the final season. game of the season. We get there. I'm jumping ahead. Oh, okay. We get there and turns out the Angels aren't helping.
0: Mm-hmm. Angels are on their own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The angels aren't being helped by angels because, like in Fairly Odd Parents, the last two minutes of the basketball game are the <laughs> act. We can't we can't allow you to cheat, but we do know that none of this really matters up until the game that actually matters, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the angels end up winning, mm-hmm. and so Roger goes to his dad and says, "Look, they won. We get to be a family now," and he says. That's not what I meant. We're not going to be a family. Um, I'm I'm a douche. But then Danny Glover says, Ah, heck, I got some money. I'll adopt you and your little friend. And then they're a family. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens.
0: That is what happens.
1: Otherwise known as a kid with schizophrenia convinces everybody else to join in his delusions and ends up getting adopted because of it.
0: I guess that's the cynical way to look at it, dear.
1: <laughs> Who are you talking to? You. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um yeah, so there were some Yeah, that was that was the short of it. Yeah. Um so what did you think of this movie? Did you enjoy it?
1: Uh it was nice. It was a kid's movie that was made genuinely. Mm-hmm. I could tell. Unlike some movies um, that seem like they're just cynical cash grabs. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the kids gotta go see a movie in the summer, so, you know, if we don't make a movie for the kids, who do, who is? Yeah. That sort of thing. So, um, you know, it was definitely made by a person who, or by a team of people who had interacted with kids before.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it is Disney.
1: So. Yeah, so it it was good for for what it was. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I know you really enjoyed it, loved it. You <laughs> you were quoting lines. Yep, it's like being at an Andrew Dice Clay concert. <laughs> you're just you're yelling the punchlines before before <laughs> he even finished the joke.
0: Yeah, couldn't help myself.
1: And so I enjoyed it because of that. I enjoy. Especially since, just on our own, for fun, we've been watching lots of horror movies. Yes. A lot, like, we're just unwittingly watching every movie James Wan has ever made. <laughs> That's and true. It's nice to watch a movie with you that you enjoy while watching it, mm-hmm. that doesn't give you nightmares afterward. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that is, is is nice. So I liked it because you liked it so much. I would not have watched this movie on my own. I I don't plan on watching it on my own. It didn't touch me so much that I'm going to sit our future kids down and force them to watch it. Although I'm sure you will.
2: (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) So there we
1: go. Like I would, would, on like a rainy day, if you're at work and I'm not at work or something, and the kids are bored and screaming, I would sit them down and watch Polly before I would sit them down Mm. and watch Angels in the Outfield. I had more fun with Polly than I did with Angels in the Outfield. If, if i had to pick a, yeah. a movie from
0: the sw- this repertoire. podcast yeah. up
1: until this point that is probably what i would choose i would not let them watch uncle nino
0: <laughs> and uh we should probably steal steer clear of like you know unforgiven or any of those mm. such movies <laughs> yeah um well i just have to say that warmed my little heart to hear that you enjoyed it because i did that's very sweet
2: Well,
1: you've said that about movies that I've watched, made you watch before. Yeah. That are not movies made to make you feel good. Yeah. Unlike this movie.
0: So, it's probably pretty obvious, but why do you think I made you watch this movie?
1: Because you were astonished, flabbergasted (laughs) even, that I had never seen it. Yeah. And because you love it so much. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the point of the show, and I think that this movie probably has been the most, I love this movie, I need my partner to watch it, of all of the movies that you've chosen, at least.
0: I think that's correct. This movie, I watched so many times when I was a kid. Um, I know my older brother and I definitely watched it together a few times, and I think probably my younger brother, too, but... uh. That was a little bit different because he and I have a much larger age gap than my older brother and I have. So it was sort of like my older brother and I were experiencing it at the same time. And this, like, watching it with you, like, I got to see my younger brother experience the magic. Mm -hmm. Like, and not be in it, kind of. Um, Yeah, this movie, I just love it. I can't find a bad thing to say about this movie.
1: Well, I can see why, because... The movie is very well crafted. It mm-hmm. has it has JP who is just the pinnacle of childlike oh, innocence. He's
0: so sweet. I wanted to adopt just, that little it, boy. It could happen. It could happen. Maybe maybe you'll get adopted tomorrow, angry
2: yeah.
1: Mexican kid who was in the movie <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah, like that's the closest that we got to an antagonist in this movie. Is that? Oh no, that the
0: radio guy. Oh,
1: I mean, antagonist. I guess, maybe. He had, like, no real bearing on the plot.
0: Yeah, he did. Well, at, he's, at the end, he, after they lost when Roger was at court, he cornered J.P. and got him to tell him all about the angels. Yeah. And sort can, of tried to Can we to turn- talk
1: about that press conference that that led up to? Yeah. So, yeah. So, after, after J.P. just innocently tells the story of the angels... Okay, so early in the movie, the second time Christopher Lloyd comes down to exposition... Mm-hmm. Everything He says, you can't tell, don't tell any more people about this. Like, it it just gets weird. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even really say, like, or we'll go away. No. Or, like, we're going to undo everything. It was just like, just don't. We, he said something like, we're modest, we don't like the credit, or mm-hmm. we're shy, or something like that. Some, something you would, like, tell a kid yep. to get him to keep a secret. And, like, he immediately keeps trying to convince Danny Glover that there are actual angels out there.
0: By that time, I think he
1: he had told him, but he oh like, yeah, he yeah, made no effort to keep it a secret like at all. No, like it, it didn't become an issue up until, um, up until JP tells the the announcer guy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at which point a press conference is called.
0: Yes, right? to make George Knox step down as manager of the
1: team. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense to me, and it's why it was like the shortest scene because just like. So, I get, I get as, like, a kid, right? This is, like, the climax of the movie. This is dire straits. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. Like, because we've grown to love George Knox and, and want him to be part of the team. But, again, he doesn't have that much to do with them winning aside from...
0: He's the liaison between the person who sees the Angels and the team. So, he is the one who can the player who's not that great into play because oh, roger says there's an angel with him.
1: okay yeah that's right okay so i guess it is important for him to be there yeah. right because that uh, he facilitates the the angel signals okay mm-hmm. sure so so the press conference as i remember it is basically people are like so you are taking baseball advice from a kid who thinks he sees angels
0: they did not, I believe, based on my recollection, they did not involve Roger in the press conference. They made it sound like
2: George Knox. I mean, Roger, Knox. Roger was there.
0: I know he was there, but they made it sound like George Knox was the only, like he was seeing the angels and he was taking, uh, he wasn't taking Roger's advice. They didn't mention Roger in the press conference. They just made it look like George Knox is crazy. He thinks he sees angels. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, and his defense is essentially like baseball is a super superstitious game. If I like, if I'm winning games, I'm winning games.
0: Yeah. That and kind of a, you don't have to believe, but I'm believing that something is helping this team and you all want them to win. So what's the, what's the problem?
1: Yeah. So this is, that was an interesting thing. To me, because as a person who has been around baseball a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, running the board for minor league baseball broadcasts, superstition is, is a big part of baseball. Like yeah, that's ninety sure. percent of the fun. I think is like if a game's going quickly and you're like, oh, we get to go home soon because mm-hmm. we're working. We're not there to see the game, so sometimes you just want the game to be over quick so you can go home. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say that, and then they suddenly tie it up and go into extra innings, it's, God, what, Joe, why did you say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. And there's movies like The Natural, where they make a big deal of that, of, like, there's, like, a whole monologue where it's, like, if, he ha- if the pitcher has sex the night before and he throws a no hitter he's gonna have sex every night before a game and you know if he hasn't been having sex and he starts doing great he's not gonna have sex until he starts doing bad like so I mean sure I think I see angels is is a big version of that but I mean he easily could have just been no I just like I had a feeling you know Mm -hmm. I had a feeling so I put him in and then he did good you're welcome.
0: Yeah. I think it was the Angels thing had already been exposed and so the press conference was for him to sort of say well, the point of the press conference was for him to say his goodbyes and step down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think like the manager, the cowboy hat or not the manager, the cow the owner of the team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cowboy hat dude.
2: Yeah.
0: He uh he had already made it known to everyone after the announcer guy that he sees angels. So I think it was less, let's hear him explain or defend himself and more like, yeah, he's bonkers. We're going to, we're just going to break ties.
1: My point is that I don't think that would be a thing that would happen in real life. I think if, if the manager of the biggest comeback team was like, I have this beaver puppet on my hand. That mm-hmm. speaks in a British accent, a la The Beaver, and he tells me who to put in and at what position and where. And they're like winning games. I think I don't think anyone would try to get him to step down. There would be a lot of chatter mm-hmm. about it on sports talk radio and whatnot, and and Sports Center and and uh, whatever other sports television broadcasts there are. There'd be a lot of chatter about it, but nobody in the world would be trying to campaign to get him to step down granted in the movie there is a history between radio announcer and george knox Mm -hmm. where they played
0: on the same team on the same
1: team and um and announcer dude cut short george knox's career by clipping him with a baseball during like batting practice or
0: something I don't recall the details. There there was some.
1: Basically, he was responsible for it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And
1: so now they're like in the same zone again Mm -hmm. and still don't like each other very much. So there's that. Like, I get that. Mm -hmm. But in real life, if there was some crazy baseball manager, but his team was winning, aside from a few people, no one would be. Faced. Yeah. They, they would say, great, baseball is interesting again. People are going to finally start watching baseball on TV again. Yeah. Um. So it was the one part of the movie that I really didn't enjoy. And yeah. I, I understand why it was there, mm-hmm. but it did seem last minute like, oh, crap, it's the third act and there hasn't really been a big conflict yet we need to put a conflict in there well we'll put that in and then we'll go back to the first act and write in this line for christopher lloyd that says don't tell anybody
0: yeah no i understand that part of it it seems i don't want to say like pointless (laughs) but because although at that point in the movie, we didn't know that the Angels wouldn't help the Angels in the pennant game anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, even if George Knox had had to step down, like the players still would have been on their own anyway. Sure. Um, but I think it was more trying to show that the people in the audience at the press conference were like, some of them believed and some of them were kind of just saying, well, if it works, it works, but they're sort of showing their solidarity, and I think that was more the point of this scene than anything else.
1: Sure. Which leads me to my question for you about mm-hmm. this film. Is this film covert Christian propaganda?
0: I knew you were going to ask me something like that. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think that this movie is this movie is not about religion. It's about just general faith. Mm-hmm. You can have faith in anything, even if you don't believe in a higher like power, or if you don't prescribe to any sort of organized religion or anything like that. I think you can still believe in something.
1: Sure, but that's really heady for six-year-olds. So, <laughs> The <laughs> fact mean, is, we the team is called the Angels. They're being helped by angels. He prays to God, and then the big climax press conference is essentially a man with faith on trial by a man without faith saying you can do whatever you want to me but I will not renounce my faith
0: yes however at that point I don't even think that George Knox thought that angels were actually helping like in the literal sense Mm -hmm. so I don't know but no I think see when I was a kid I didn't even like I don't want to say I didn't connect the dots that it was like a have faith kind of movie, mm-hmm. because, like, obviously the imagery was all there. Um, but it didn't, to me, when I sat down and watched this movie, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to watch a movie about God and angels and the power of faith.
1: Okay, because I will tell you that as a small child, whenever I heard that this movie was coming on Disney Channel, I avoided it because it just sounded like a church movie. Well, the name, The name is Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> yes, I understand. And, and However,
0: the it's an actual team named the angels I,
1: I'm aware <laughs> that's the clever thing about it but I, I like watching the commercials promos for it on Disney mm-hmm. and seeing actual angels like in the actual outfield and hearing JP say you gotta believe
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh young Joe said no I go to church already I don't need more of that I'll watch something else so it's weird to me. Like, I'm not sure... Like, this this is sort of that, like, Christian culture just sort of, like, permeating into the mainstream, especially in, in the early 90s when this movie came out, because it came out in 94.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, like, it was made by Disney, which is not a preachy sort of thing, you know, not, not a company. Like, that's not their bag, to is to get people to believe in anything other than the power of Mickey Mouse and magic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, like it also just feels like that because there's a lot in there of like the kid bring and to you gotta believe and actual angels with halos like
2: mm-hmm. it, it's it's
1: not like they made the angels men in black looking dudes
0: no you know it. To me, it read more as an individual, if an individualized experience with faith, if you want it to, you can also look at it. You can look at this movie in so many different ways. Like you said, it could be a kid with schizophrenia. Like, I know you said that jokingly, but Mm -hmm. it could be like this kid wanting to be with his family so bad that he just makes something up in order to boost morale or something so that this team could pull through like
2: mm-hmm.
0: this like i really do not feel like this is a religious a religious type movie at all like none of the characters were like if you want to be with your dad you just have to go to church every sunday and pray well, for it to happen no. like he did that on his own obviously it doesn't look like he has any sort of religion because he said god if there is a god yeah, so, so
1: I guess that's just the thing that strikes me as odd about this film is, is that it uses all of this Christian imagery and isn't necessarily like the heaven is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe in God sort of movies that have been coming out lately? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, the shack or whatever it was called, yeah. the, the shed, the, the hovel, the, ho- the, the hovel, the mud hut, <laughs> the yurt. So like that is is a thing that is strange to me, especially because when I walk through the bookstore through mm-hmm. like the Christianity section, there's a whole bookshelf that's always taken up with like the war on Christianity books, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's just interesting to me because it's such a mainstream thing that it's permeating into movies to the point where like if the movie had been put out on. ...by a different distributor, it would have been just a little bit more heavy-handed. Like, it was, in, like, just in the middle of that, like, complete fantasy or complete religious message.
0: Well, the thing is, like, you can read any movie, any story as being religious allegory. Basically... Well,
1: sure, because the Jesus story is one of, like, the major plot points. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I I agree. Like we could say that about Blade Runner, where you know, um, uh, uh, uh what's his name, uh, Rutger Hauer is Jesus, mm-hmm. or or whatever. You know, we we could we could do that, but I'm not saying this is something that I'm like seeing water imagery and associating it with with christian imagery like there's literally angels with halos and white robes and 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 wings (laughs) like it's yeah it's i'm not stretching to say that there's christian imagery in this movie
0: i mean there is but i i don't know the movies okay so we just watched a horror movie we just watched the conjuring 2 Mm -hmm. like the people who are banishing the spirits or whatever, they're agents of the church. They're Christiany. They use the Bible they're, to... Yeah,
1: no, for sure. There's definitely that Catholic stuff. However, it's based on true events, in quotes. <laughs> Angels in the Outfield is not based on true events. And, and that is a thing that a lot of people in the horror movie realm have talked about a whole bunch. Like, every single exorcist possession movie essentially uses baseline catholic Mm -hmm. imagery um vampire stories allow for the idea that the christian god exists otherwise why would crucifixes have anything to do with that Mm -hmm. um so on and so forth yeah possessions ghosts and any of that stuff has there's tons of christian imagery in in horror movies and again this is that idea to me that it has just like soaked itself into the roots of our culture that anybody is, like, going to use that imagery even unknowingly. Mm-hmm. However, I would not argue that the Conjuring series is Christian propaganda.
0: No. Um, no, it's not. But it just... Uh, I don't know. I think... The thing that I'm, like, trying to get across and I'm not being very eloquent at it is that I do not feel like this movie is propaganda like what you posited because it's not telling kids they have to believe in anything. It's not even... Aside
1: from the movie poster with the words, you gotta believe, exclamation point.
0: It's a... Real big at the top. A quote from the movie. I,
1: I know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's an action item. That's, that's a call because to action, as I, marketers would say.
0: I... Okay. So, I don't think that a... Like, an atheist family would not allow their children to watch this movie because of the Christian imagery or the Christian whatever.
1: I would disagree. I think that there's a hypothetical, really gross atheist family out there that would be like, you can't watch this heartwarming story!
0: The typical, not like the crazy hardcore people. I mean like a family or even like a Jewish family or a Muslim family or anything who believe differently. I don't think that they would be like No, this movie is propaganda. I don't want it brainwashing my children. I don't... That's... Okay, that's what I mean. This movie is not trying to brainwash anyone.
1: (laughs) I I, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that it's interesting to me that it is almost not subversive. You know, like it's as close to blatant as you can get without (laughs) it being blatant. And I, I understand that for you, it's not a Christian... The movie. This movie does not make you want to go to church. I know that. And I think maybe you don't want it to be
2: that. Well, okay. Because
1: it would take away from your enjoyment of the film if it was that. No,
0: no, no, no. okay. I also think this movie does not portray God. Or, like, angels can be found in lots of different religions. Uh,
1: Yes. However... (laughs) The costume that they put on Christopher Lloyd came out of one one culture's playbook.
0: Anyway, I will say that I think as a person who does not go to church on a regular basis and probably, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I would identify with any type of organized religion, but... I feel like this movie sort of influenced how I feel about and now that I'm saying this, I can see the look in your eye and you're like, well, so it brainwashed you. It influenced you. It did something. But what I'm trying to say is I feel like this movie is probably the closest to my personal beliefs in that like, don't roll your eyes at me. (laughs) Like if you believe in something, if you have faith in something, Mm -hmm. you can make something happen. Like, not necessarily like praying to God. Just like if you believe in something and you try to make something happen, you can make it happen. Like uh, I don't
1: know. Okay, but but why use angels then?
0: Because there is a literal, actual baseball team called the Angels, and somebody said, "Hey, we could make a movie out of that." I don't know, but why not like
1: the Pirates or the Tigers? Like you could because like, I'm sure there is spiritual spirit Tigers.
0: So we're going to segue a little bit. Tiger, tiger, we're going tigers,
1: to, uh, tigers with the tight end or something?
0: We're going to move the conversation the in a different direction. Uh, so perhaps, and as my very eloquent segue, I'm going to say perhaps.
1: Like the Blue Devils is a team. Like what if we did like stop? a hockey movie? Like, I'm blue, trying blue to move Devils. on to a new topic. Blue Devils in, in the goalie box. And you'd have like these like Satan creatures like helping them out.
0: Are you done? (laughs) Okay, so my segue, uh, so you think that this movie was a little too maybe heavy-handed with some of that stuff?
1: Not necessarily.
2: I
0: just asked a question. Okay. Anyway, so I'm segueing, perhaps this movie was made to add a little more to the Sports underdog trope, like because there are like pretty much almost any sports movie that's out there is about the underdogs, mm-hmm. and it's about them right. They start way down at the bottom. They're mm-hmm. they're the worst. They're the losers. None of them can even play the game that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the season or whatever, they slowly get better once they start believing in themselves and start telling each other that they're good and practicing and making stuff happen and then at the end they finally win a game or something or they slowly start winning more games.
1: So so that is what eventually happens during, mm-hmm. during the final big game when um, God's first children aren't helping out. Oh, stop. Well, no, because he created the angels first and then he created man and that's why a lot of angels had to get cast down to hell because they were jealous okay. anyway so when the angels weren't helping the angels and they thought that angels were helping them they ended up playing better because they, they believed, believed in, in themselves. themselves right mhm yes that happened yes in the film yep. and i think that, that that was a good message yes. like 'Cause at the beginning of the movie you see like they're hitting the the little pole mm-hmm. as they walk into the locker room to <laughs> yeah. to for I don't know, for whatever.
0: And then they say, Why don't we do this before the game? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um And you can just tell that they're beaten down, they don't think they're gonna win, they don't expect to win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that does affect how you do.
2: Yeah, for in, sure. in
1: anything. If you go into work and you say, today's going to be an awful day and I'm not going to get very much done and I'm going to be bored and just play two dots on my phone all day like that's how your day's going to be. You're my but but if you, if you walk into work and you say, this is going to be a great day and be a go-getter, I'm going to do the two seconds faster philosophy, I'm going to brainstorm new ideas and bring them to my supervisors and be a, a thing of the team, you know, you're still working in corporate radio and they ignore you <laughs> when you ask them for things. Well, anyway, <laughs> be- believe believing in yourself is is the key core bit of this movie. Yes. Right? Being yourself because Roger was not compromising who he was to mm-hmm. get a father. He was just being himself and 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 doing his thing and in the end he got a father. Yeah. He got a he got a he got a rich rich daddy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we're talking about the underdogs mm-hmm. and so you can name off like just a litany of these type of movies, like another one of my favorites, Cool Runnings or the Mighty <laughs> they, they Ducks. Did lose. <laughs> oh. I know, but they got so good and they started working together and believing in themselves and they made it to the Olympics and nobody said a Jamaican bobsled team would ever make it to the Olympics and they did it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, like League of Their Own, like any any number of movies are.
1: Remember the Titans.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, um, Saving Private Ryan. That's a sports movie, right?
0: I've never seen it, but no, I think it's a like a like a war movie.
1: What's the difference?
0: <laughs> um, so I guess.
1: I mean, heck, do even you... even documentaries. Yeah. Do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the chess one. About the guy who played chess, like, essentially followed that
0: mm-hmm. arc. Yeah, so I guess, like, I don't even particularly enjoy sports all that much. Like, I, baseball Shock, is my favorite shocker. sport. What do you mean, shocker?
1: I, I mean, like, all of the sports memorabilia and sports books and 30 for 30 <laughs> Blu-rays that we have on our shelf.
0: Anyway, so baseball is my favorite sport, but even when the movie is about a sport i don't care about like i always i usually end up enjoying the sports movies that i do watch just Mm -hmm. because almost all of them are those underdog stories and so do you think that that is the more successful type of like sports movie or
1: are there sports movies that aren't i'm sure there
0: are but i don't
1: Email the show, sharing everything Show at gmail.com. Are there is there a sports movie that is about people playing sports that isn't an underdog story? Because I, I would like to know because yeah. I'd like to watch that movie. Because there was a point in my childhood where I just stopped watching sports movies because I was like, well... They're all the same. Either they're going to win at the end and everyone's going to be happy or they're going to lose and everyone's going to have learned something about themselves. Yeah. And I found myself just like waiting for the end of the movie to see if they won or lost.
0: Of this movie? No, every sports movie as as a kid. Well, I think that's kind of the point. And I
1: I think that's the reason why I enjoy kung fu movies is because it's a similar arc, Mm -hmm. but it's people doing kung fu, which is always fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the karate kid is essentially this sports trope. Daniel-san's the loser. He's the wimp. He's a weakling. Mm -hmm. And then he learns how to do karate really good. And then we get to watch cool karate at the end of the film. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's entertaining. Yeah.
0: It probably the underdog, like uh, now that I've said that, I don't think there are any, are there, there can't be
1: emailed the show (laughs)
0: anyway. Um, but I think that's probably the most valuable thing for kids to learn in general is that if you work hard at something, you're either going to do really well at it or you're just going to become a better person or something
2: mm-hmm. like I
0: think that's the point of like playing sports when you're a kid anyway, like not every kid who plays sports wants mm-hmm. to be a professional athlete. Oh,
1: oh, yeah. If you you listen to anybody talk about the importance of sports, it's mm-hmm. essentially the same thing as people who talk about the importance of like joining the military you learn discipline and respect yeah. and 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 order and and teamwork and you know whatever mm-hmm. which is great for for when you exit high school and you go work in the factory as you know to follow the orders of your coach and or manager and work in a team with your other employees and not to grandstand and <laughs> Join join unions or any of that. You just you work hard and you you be good little cog in your machine. I don't know why I'm being this cynical because the movie
0: either because the movie itself is good. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Now that I said I wanted to steer clear of that track, now I'm wanting to talk about religion and sports again. I think let's do it. Okay. I think sports in general are like. Like you said, like, they're either superstitious or they're just influenced by faith. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when a football player makes a touchdown, they do their little touchdown dance and they mm-hmm. peace up to God and stuff. Tim like, Tebow
1: takes a an knee and it's okay, yeah, but Colin Kaepernick yeah. takes a an knee and Donald Trump blacklists them from the NFL. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, like, I think, and I don't know how to phrase this without offending people, <laughs> like, when you go out onto... sports field or equivalent to whatever sport you're playing you do not know if you are going to win or not Mm -hmm. even if you are the best player you Mm -hmm. still don't know if you're going to win there are so many outside forces other than you playing this team sport Mm -hmm. that could make it swing either way so you could be the underdog and you've lost every game and this could be your best game ever and you win or you could be at the top of the top of the rank and then all of a sudden like somebody throws the ball and it nobody catches it or whatever
1: or, or you could be the new england patriots and you win no matter what <laughs>
0: exactly so like so much of sports is like believing that you are going to do well
2: mm-hmm.
0: like you either like some Teams, like football teams, they even all pray together before they go out onto the field. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, even in, in NASCAR, they have a prayer before the race. And, I mean, if you think about it from a, a spectator perspective, too, and this is not a hot new take, but everybody gets together at somebody's house,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they all wear some sort of silly <laughs> clothes, and they sit in front of something for a few hours and and, and dance and cheer or feel bad at the end. Yeah. Like that's church, guys. Everybody puts on clothes they don't normally wear. <laughs> you you go to a place, you sit and you stare at something and at the end you either feel discouraged or you feel great.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: Sports is religion. Is sports is religion.
0: Yeah. I think that's I think you, that's got to be right. Cuz you sit great. and
1: you hope that that the good is going to win, and sometimes the evil wins, and it just means that you gotta believe harder next time.
0: Boom. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. That's. So, I guess going back to our discussion at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. or at the beginning of the episode, like this movie is only playing on things that are already there. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: So. Again, I would say it's not propaganda, because all of that is already there. Every player who goes out onto the field, they believe in something, whether it's themselves or a higher power that's going to get them through this game and put them on top.
1: Yeah. And I do feel like that's a conversation that at least is supposed to be inspired by this movie.
2: hmm
1: Because otherwise, why have the religious element to it? Yeah. Anyway, do you have trivia for me? We we've talked about this movie for a long time. It's a
0: good movie. There's a lot to talk about. We didn't even talk about Mel Clark. Poor old Mel.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> do you even know?
1: <laughs> do you want to talk about Mel
2: Clark?
0: <laughs> it was basically just me going to say, "How sad is that? That he had six months to live, and he doesn't know it, and he's finally getting back into baseball, and he's doing so well." Yeah. Why would they <laughs> even put that in the movie? It was so sad. <laughs> Why would they
1: even put that in the movie? Hey, kid, here's some secret knowledge that if you tell this man, you'll break his heart.
0: I know. Uh, This movie, I, okay.
1: What? Okay. Why was that in the film?
0: I don't know, but I'm going to tell everyone out there that even though I've seen this movie dozens of times, I still cried at the end. Okay. I cried. That that is true. I teared up. This movie pulled on my heartstrings.
1: Wailed like a banshee.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. It made me feel things, and I love it. Okay, so we're going to talk about some trivia now.
1: let's do it. All right. Brought to you by IMDb.
0: Yes, that is true. Da-da-da-da. All right. Two of the actors who played Angel's players, Adrian Brody and Matthew McConaughey, would go on to win Academy Awards for Best Actor.
1: Can we also talk, just real quick. Yep. Adrian Brody used to look like a normal dude. What happened to his face?
0: I think he broke his nose and never like got a it. A lot.
1: Sent. He yeah. broke his nose a lot, and then also like something happened to his bone structure that his eyebrows just like kept going like up.
0: That and his eyes sort of sunk in a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, Adrian.
1: I mean, what,
0: <laughs> Adrian. What
1: happened, what happened to Adrian? Like he looks fine. Like he's he's got uh, he's got some sort of like charm to him now. Like he's not yeah. an unattractive man. No. But like, what happened to his face?
0: couldn't tell you um so here's one tick for the uh capitalism is bad as roger looks out the window and says if there is a god the image of mickey mouse can be seen in the stars yeah
1: (laughs) jesus christ
0: (laughs) nope disney
1: (laughs) disney christ
0: uh, this film was not the only connection between Disney and the Angels. Two years after the film's release, the Walt Disney Corporation bought the Angels and owned the team until 2003. In addition, Walt Disney was one of the Angels' original board members. Hmm. Okay. This movie centers around the California Angels in Anaheim, but was filmed at Oakland Coliseum due to the fact that the NFL season was taking place and the Los Angeles Rams were using the stadium in Anaheim. The Coliseum was not being used as the Raiders had not yet returned to Oakland. The Rams would return to Los Angeles in 2016, 22 years after the film's release.
1: I'm sure if I lived in California, that would have been really noticeable and annoying.
0: Yeah. The film's tagline, You Gotta Believe also alluded to in the film, was coined by pitcher Tug McGraw. During the 1973 season, McGraw used the phrase to...
2: to Tug
1: McGraw. (laughs) Hey, woman, come over here and tug McGraw.
0: To encourage his fellow New York Mets, who successfully turned around an underdog season to go to the World Series. See? It's real life.
1: Yeah, he was also schizophrenic.
0: (laughs) Throughout the movie, JP says, It could happen six times. The tobacco that Carney Lansford spits at the end of the movie (laughs) is actually black licorice, which is also disgusting.
1: (laughs) Doesn't make it better.
0: (laughs) Uh, The character of Hank Murphy, the Angels owner, is loosely based on owner, actor, and country music star Gene Autry, right down to the cowboy hat. Sadly, Gene Autry passed away in October 1998 when the Anaheim Angels won the 2002 World Series. They dedicated their win to Autry.
1: Aw. Tree. Um...
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tony Danza would work together again in Don John.
2: Oh, yeah. Played as daddy.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Carney Lansford, who plays Kit hitter Die Cassie from the White Sox, was a baseball player in real life, who in fact played for the California Angels from 1978 to 1980.
1: So I was wondering about that while we were watching the movies, especially during that part. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes that will be trivia in sports movies where... Mm -hmm. The players on the field that didn't have any lines were actually real baseball players. (laughs) Awesome.
0: In one scene, George Knox is seen looking through a box of baseball memories and finds his 1979 National League MVP plaque. The actual 1979 National League MVP was shared between Pittsburgh Pirates, first baseman Willie Stargle, and St. Louis Cardinals first baseman, Keith Hernandez.
1: So this movie isn't real life. That's
0: what you're (laughs) talking about. The cap that Al wears throughout the movie is an American League umpire cap. Al stands for American League. You can call me Al because that's what it says on this hat conveniently.
1: Mm-hmm. And why would someone just have an American League hat? Because like, it looks like he pops it off of someone's head.
0: He takes it off the umpire's head. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Um, I guess
1: the umpires would have that, but it looked Okay. Well, then never mind. I retract my statement. Okay.
0: One of two Disney family comedy sports films that features J.O. Sanders as an antagonist, the other being The Big Green. Have you seen The Big Green? That soccer movie? It's
1: been a long time. Are they underdogs in that? and Do they come back to win? I'm sure. Okay. I remember there's like a fat redhead kid on the cover and Mm -hmm. a soccer ball's hitting him in the gut.
0: Not only do Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Brenda Fricker, who plays Maggie... Fricker?
1: I hardly know her.
0: ...share the same birthday, February 17th, but the actor and actress have played opposite Daniel Day-Lewis as a relative of his main character. Fricker previously played day lewiss mother, Mrs. Brown, in My Left Foot, and Gordon-Levitt played his son, Robert Lincoln, in Lincoln.
1: Oh, yeah!
0: Day-Lewis won the Best Actor Oscar for both films. Fricker won the Best Supporting Actress for My Left Foot. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt did not even receive a nomination for his performance in Lincoln.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Six Semper Tyrannis, <clears throat> indeed.
0: Kit Hitter Kessie is said to be the league RBI champion when he comes up to bat against Mel Clark. In reality, Carney Lansford, a real 15-season MLB veteran who played Kesey, Urquese never drove in more than 80 runs in any season and averaged just 76 RBIs in a standard 162-game season. However, when the film was released, the season was cut short due to a player's strike. The real-life Angels franchise won the pennant in 2002 and went on to win the World Series that year after the team had switched designation from California to Anaheim, but there was no World Series in 94 due to a player's strike. Therefore, the film ends with the Angels winning the pennant. Um... A remake of the 1951 movie that starred Paul Douglas as the angry manager of the hapless Pittsburgh Pirates. The only other connection between them is that the 1994 version had its premiere at Three Rivers Stadium as Pittsburgh hosted the All-Star Game that year.
1: I'd like to watch the original and see if it's more.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, there are no real angels during the final game scene as Alan mentions that championships need to be won on their own. After the Real Life Angels won the 2002 World Series, the city of Anaheim would not see another championship until the Anaheim Ducks, another team owned by Disney, won the Stanley Cup in 2007. An Anaheim Mighty Ducks cap can be seen in one scene. Um, All games in the film take place in the afternoon, with the exception of the final game. Um, (laughs) The cop at the beginning of the film could have arrested Roger and JP for trespassing. But like, why? They're sitting in a tree. Yeah. They weren't actually on the property. I
1: like how the line was. You got tickets for that tree?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good.
1: It's super clever.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to mention about this movie?
1: Uh, it was good. You should see it. All right. I mean, I don't always say that, but
0: that's true. You don't.
1: It was. It was good. You'll feel good. You should see it. And then think about subversive religions and society, and raise that anarchy flag high.
0: <laughs> All right, it's the only
1: way to true liberty and freedom. Do you got anything else to say? I sort of co-opted the whole thing. Norm- normally the person who <laughs> who who uh, show- selects the movie has some talking points, and I, I really. I really just brought my whole my whole bag in today, but...
0: That's all right. Uh, we pretty much talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Um,
1: how cute the kids were.
0: The kids were adorable.
1: How nice the message was.
0: It was... Uh, it's such a feel-good movie. Like, this is the epitome of a feel-good movie to me. Um,
1: so that way, children will associate feeling good with angels, which they will find in the church.
0: No. Um... And it's, even if you don't like sports movies or religion or anything like that, I think you'll be able to find something about this movie that you like. Um, And I enjoyed it, and I will be showing it to our children
1: someday. Yeah. I think that it's a good movie to watch when you're feeling cynical, especially about kids' movies, because... What the movie contains is children being genuine children.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Throughout. hmm And, like, I know that you get that in, like, um... Oh, what's the, the Stephen King movie? Not It. Stand By Me? Stand By Me. <laughs> I know you get it in Stand By Me, but also there's, like, dead bodies and stuff. Yeah. There's, there's Stephen King-isms and and whatnot and there's they're swearing this is this is just fairly wholesome and every once in a while you need a palate cleanser and this movie definitely pelleted my cleanse.
0: <laughs> also there were there were a lot of really good physical comedy gags in this movie.
1: There were some there was some good physical comedy. Yeah. I, which which is also rare
0: these yeah. days. It is. Uh,
1: so everything just gotta be a poop joke and everything's gotta <laughs> be someone getting hit in the balls or slapped in the tits.
0: <laughs> what kind of movies do you watch? Um, have
1: you not seen
0: I know. I'm, like
1: any slapstick comedy movie in the past 20 years? I have. Okay. Um, I'm talking about those.
0: I know. Okay. It was a joke. It wasn't a funny joke, but it was a joke. Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> if a joke isn't funny, is it really a joke? Or is it just nonsense?
0: Who knows? I spout both all the time. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I liked the my probably my favorite, and I I uh, brought this one up before we even watched the movie was Nacho Butt. <laughs> yes, that Nacho
1: Butt. Oh, can we we? So Fred Armisen looking guy.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: he was just there to take
0: it. I know. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: Screaming into my microphone.
0: Sorry. I got excited because I loved that character so much. He took everything and then he came back with a raincoat so that he wouldn't get it. I love this movie so much. <laughs> okay, what are we going to watch next week?
1: Um, Jeez. You know, I was thinking about it as we were talking today and I don't know if I have something. So let me just... You do your your bit. My bit. I don't have you, a bit. You do. You have your uh like desert island stuff and.
0: Oh yeah, survey.
1: And I'm gonna <laughs> open up my letterboxed app and I'm I'm gonna siphon through some films and and we're gonna figure something out real quick.
0: All right. Um. <clears throat> if if uh if this was a horror movie, which character would die first?
1: Uh, natural butt. <laughs> You do? Well. He
0: seemed pretty resourceful. Or and... just
1: the dad.
0: Eh. yeah. No, he would probably, like, as soon as something scary happened, he'd hop on his motorcycle and say, see ya, good luck.
1: Uh, oh, maybe. Well, who do you think would die first, then?
0: Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Miguel.
1: Which one was that? Oh, the Mexican kid? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, if it was a six-month and one-day long horror movie, I'd say Mel Clark.
1: Oh, <laughs> my God.
0: Uh, which character would you least like to be trapped in an elevator with?
1: Mm, the announcer guy.
0: Why can't I remember his name?
1: I can't remember either. I keep wanting to say a name, but I'm, I realize I'm going to get in trouble if I do. Why? If I associate him with a real-life person. Oh.
0: Um, he... His little tagline was The Voice of the Angels. Um And let's see. What items from this movie would you want with you if you were stuck on a deserted island?
1: Uh motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Baseball bet. Okay. And uh, I don't know, some big league chew, I guess.
0: Ugh. Well, have you come up with a movie for us yet? <sighs> you are not prepared.
1: I'm not prepared. I know. I'm... Let's see. Let's, for the first time ever, what type of movie do you want me to pick?
0: Hmm. What genre? Oh, let's see. I'm pretty done with horror movies right now.
1: Well, we have two more. That I would...
0: mean, not like done, but like... I'd like some variety. Okay. Um, So not a horror movie. Maybe like a comedy or maybe like a fantasy movie or even just like a drama would be nice.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: Let's just see. Uh, Have you seen Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels?
0: Probably not.
1: Okay, that's what we're watching next week. All right. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, directed by Guy Ritchie.
0: You heard it here first because it was just decided right now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, until then.
1: Keep loving. Keep talking. No, I'm... Keep watching. (laughs) Keep sharing. Uh Uh-huh. What else?
0: That was it. I was waiting for you to get the music ready.
1: <laughs> i was working on it
0: <laughs> oh boy all right well thanks for thanks for listening oh um we get noticed a little uptick in listeners so you guys should email us at sharingeverythingshow at gmail.com uh you can find us noisemakerjoe.com sharing everything and uh until then
1: <laughs> give us a five star review on it it's yeah now. that'd be cool all right
0: keep loving keep sharing. Bye.